episode nine. Welcome to the podcast, Life of Awesome. My name is Saul Blinkoff. I'm a husband, father of four, and director-producer who works for some of the top studios in Hollywood, including Disney, DreamWorks, and Netflix. My goal? Simple. I want to live the best life I possibly can, and I want the same for you. I travel the world talking about life, and if there's one thing I've learned, every single person on the planet wants the exact same thing. We don't want a life of good. We don't want a life of great. We want a life of awesome. I really want to thank you for being here today listening. I realize there are so many podcasts out there, and I really appreciate you giving me the most valuable thing that you have, your time. If you like the podcast, please hit the subscribe button, give us a rating, a review, and of course, share it with your family and friends. That said, let's get into it. So it is my great, great pleasure to introduce uh, this incredible guest. He's a guy that I've worked with for almost 20 years. You know him. You don't know you know him, but you know him. You've heard him in some of your favorite Disney movies, movies like The Lion King, Princess and the Frog, and Aladdin, and Hercules. This man is one of the most successful voiceover actors in the world. I am so grateful to welcome to the podcast my longtime friend, legendary actor, Jim Cummings. Hi, everybody. Hey, Jim. So happy to have you here. Hey, Sal. Good to be here. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jim. And, uh, you know, look, throughout this interview, people are going to find out a lot of the voices that you do that they're going to go, oh, my gosh, he does that one. He does that one. But before we get to all the glory, just to start off, uh, Jim, why don't you give every everyone just a little, a little taste of how does a voice actor uh, find that journey in life? Where, where does it start? You know, were you that kid in class that just was not stopping talking and getting in trouble? Yeah, I was the kid in the back, you know, <laughs> doing dolphin noises. <laughs> but I, I was just always in, you know, like to make people laugh. And uh, I can remember uh, my dad, we were watching uh, the old Jack Benny program on television. It was black and white. I was a, I was five, uh, maybe four, four or five. And uh and uh, Mel Blank was on there. That was he was a regular on on Jack Benny show. And, uh, and my dad says, "You see this guy right here?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "His name's Mel Blank. He's the guy that does all those cartoon characters you like on Saturday morning, like Daffy and the Tasmanian and uh, the duck and the you know with the pig." And I said, "You're kidding." And all I could think was, "I bet he doesn't have to stand in the corner." <laughs> for for driving people out of their mind with all that stuff. So it was monkey hour. And I, uh, I, I remembered that and I decided to grow up and, you know, follow in his footsteps. And how cool that later on in your career, you actually did do the voice for Tasmanian devil. Isn't that true? Yeah. Yeah. Him and Gossamer. That's my claim to fame. Oh yeah. And Muggsy, the little guy with the big hat, what was going <laughs> to shoot you? That guy who, uh, 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 yeah. Okay. Sure. Talk. Yeah. You know, that, those two guys. What's the Taz sound? How do you oh, do that? Oh, Taz like. <laughs> Just been Tazzed. Just been Tazzed. Wow, that's amazing. So growing up, when did you know that that was actually a career? I mean, was it that point watching Jack Benny that you? Well, yeah. Of... Well, realizing that that uh, Mel Blanc was making a living. I mean, he had to be doing well. It was on TV. Yeah, I mean, and for those people that don't know, Mel Blanc did Bugs Bunny and Daffy oh, Duck yeah. and I mean, all those classic characters. I mean, he yeah, really for the, was for the three of you that don't know. <laughs> well, let me ask you. So then once you figured out that was your career, 
what was the path to get you there? I mean, did you study that in school? Like, how did that go? Well, you know, I mean, it's, I, I when I was in plays, I would always, um, you know, I didn't want to be the little prince or the somebody's, bro, you know, I wanted to be the troll or the ogre or the wizard or, you know, something, something that lived under a bridge. And, um, you know, it's just, I, I remember I made my first demo tape and, uh, I didn't know. Nobody told me that it was impossible to break into voiceover. This was the middle eighties. And so I just made this tape and sent it off to, uh, to a few people. And one guy called another and said here and that, and I called Don Bluth and he said, well, I'm not doing anything right now. I'm doing video games. I'll hold on to it. And he actually did. And I got my first job and it, and we did, uh, 120 shows. I think it was. And by that time I had an agent and then I was doing regular stuff, radio, TV spots. And, what was that first character you did? Who was that? Uh, first it was Lionel the lion. Hmm. Lionel the Lion on Dumbo Circus. <laughs> and he was kind of loosely based on on uh, Timothy from Dumbo. I love it. I love it. Hey, let me ask you this. You know, I hear from people all the time. They'll have a dream. They'll have a goal. I mean, I get calls weekly by people that want to make it in the voiceover world. What advice do you give a, a prospective dreamer who wants to do this? Well, you have to be kind of fearless and you, you have to, uh, you can't be afraid to just blow it. And um I mean, I started off doing impressions of my family. And one thing that I've always done is um, put two characterizations together. If you do a pretty good impression of one person, pretty good impression of another, try to blend them together and come up with a new character because it won't sound like either of the originals. And my best example for that would be Hondo Onaka from Star Wars, my Star Wars guy. And uh, Disneyland is supposed to be open back up again. I can't wait to go back on Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Yeah. Little plug there. There we go. I get to steal the Millennium Falcon. Come on. I love hearing like your voices. Every time I go to Disneyland, no matter what part, I'm, there's oh, always yeah. a character. Yeah. And I'm always, I tell my kids, I've worked with that guy. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, Hondo was uh, Yul Brenner and Charles Bronson put together. You know, <laughs> Moses, Moses, I seek to influence the Israelite, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then. Uh, <laughs> Did you believe in Jesus? You're going to meet him. That's my bad Charles Bronson. You put them both together and you get home to Onaka. It is too amazing. Yeah, I can't imagine the good luck of you getting to meet me today like this. You must be blessed. You know, and, and he's a pretty cool guy. So, so what you're saying is you have to be able to take a risk and try some stuff out, right? Oh, yeah. You're not absolutely. coming out of the gate successful right from the first time you open your mouth. You got to play in the sandbox a little. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and like I say, don't be afraid to screw up because by the invented take two. That's awesome advice. You know, for a person in any career, you got to be willing to put yourself out there and figure out what works, what doesn't, and try something again. Well, let me ask you, look, there's a lot of characters you've done over the years. Who's a character where you're like, you know what? That, that's Jim Cummings right there. I did it. Wow. Mic drop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I have to tell you, the first time I really thought for sure that uh, I was nailing it was uh, when we they were casting for... Uh, the New Adventures of, of Winnie the Pooh in mid-80s. And I, I auditioned for, uh, let's see, for Owl, Eeyore, Pooh, and Tigger. So I auditioned for those four. And I went back to my agents. I said, well, how'd it go? She says, how'd it go? I said, well, I think it's pretty good. I said, I got to tell you, I think I nailed Eeyore. <laughs> and, and, and she goes, really? And I said, yeah, that's good. He'll be in a bunch of shows. And I go, yeah, awesome. You know, and, uh, and so, you know, about a week or two went by and she goes, okay, I have some bad news. And I said, all right, give me the bad news. And she goes, you are not Eeyore. And I said, oh, man, 
God, you're kidding. You're killing me. Who who got it? It's just, well, Peter Cullen, you know, he was Optimus Prime. You can't, you can't complain when you lose to Optimus Prime. She said, but they did give you a consolation prize. I said, what's that? Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. And I went, oh, okay. Let's, you know what? To hell with Eeyore. (laughs) You know, the first movie I directed at Disney was when we worked together. It was Winnie the Pooh springtime with Rue. Uh-huh. This is this is early two thousands, and um, I had known the Winnie the Pooh characters, but I wasn't so familiar with that world. So me and my directing partner Elliot, you remember Elliot? Yes, of course. Yeah. So Elliot and I, we spent a couple weeks watching all the old featurettes from the sixties, and with oh, Paul yeah. Winchell and and um, Sterling Holloway, and and we just we fell in love with their voices and their. Ca- and then I remember you coming in, and I was like, oh, we're not getting Sterling Holloway. Oh, we're not getting Paul Winchell. Like, how am oh, I going to, yeah. <laughs> I'm just now 20 years later, I can tell you how I felt. <laughs> and then you opened your mouth <laughs> and I, I, I'm so grateful. We didn't have Sterling Holloway and didn't have Paul Winchell because you brought just so much to these characters. Mm. And I specifically remember one day, um, you, you will not remember this. I remember this. Yeah. Um, we, we were recording you doing Tigger. And just so people know who are listening, he literally will switch from Winnie the Pooh right to Tigger in a matter of a second, switch complete the character. And it's an amazing gift that he has that he can do that. Not many, not many actors can do that. But in the script, it said Tigger has to gasp. And all I was expecting Jim to do as Tigger was <gasps> gasp. But that's not what Jim did. <laughs> Jim, do you remember what you did? Probably, yeah. What do you, even better. Even what better. You went. Oh, oh I, and then I said the word. You said the word. You went gift. Yes. And you said yes. that and yes. we the whole room broke into tears laughing and yeah. I just want everyone who's listening to hear what makes Jim not good, <laughs> not great, but awesome is that he's always a step ahead of the directors and writers. He's so well prepared on the scenes that he's recording for number 1, but two, thinking. You know, always thinking and thinking about how he can take the character on the page and and bring them out to life in just a way that even the filmmakers and writers in the room weren't even thinking. And I will never forget that moment. I guarantee Elliot oh, won't ever forget funny. that. And I don't I remember it well. Yeah. Now I have to. I'm gonna speak on behalf of all the people listening. Would you please Billions. give us a taste of Pooh and Tigger? Well, I suppose I could, but um I shall have to have a uh, small uh, smack roll of uh, honey first, please. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Pooh. Just pounce on over there. Get a bunch of... Do the, oh, here come the bees. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I guarantee people who are driving in their cars listening right now, their mouths oh, are good. dropped open. They're, oh, good. They're going to get into accidents. They, be careful. Be careful driving people. Um, <laughs> just uh, also, you know, the Winnie the Pooh characters, obviously such an impact uh, those characters have had around the world. What, what kind of uh, response do you get from kids, uh, people that come up to you, they find out you do the voice. I'm sure you've done a lot of these conventions. Well, you know, it's funny, like when a child is quite young, a two or three year old and the parents are coming up and they're they're in their poo outfits, you know, these 40 year old, oh boy. you know, oh boy. and uh, and I said, let me guess, I'm Winnie the Pooh fan. And uh, and I'll, I'll I'll launch into a little poo. And who is this little sweetie? And they look all around, looking all around because they hear him 
but they can't see him. Kids don't know because they're going, did he swallow Winnie right, the Pooh? Right, What's happening? Right, you know, right, they're not right. really 100% sure. And then, and of course, by, by the time they're eight or nine, they, they get it. And, and then it's just, it's, you know, feeding time at the zoo. Wow. I just like to see their little faces light up. Have you ever driven through like a drive through and you're doing your voices? Like you must mess with operators on the phone. If I could do that every time oh, yeah. I call AT&T or Apple care, I'd be, I'd be doing Tigger. But what's, what's that like? Yeah, I've I've done it a few times and they go and uh and <laughs> I, I I think I've done Tigger a few times like that and poo and they'll go, so now this is Mr. Cummings, right? You know, <laughs> they kind of don't know what to do with it. <laughs> well, let me let yeah. me move on now to another major uh film. Let's talk about the Lion King for a minute. Mm. Um, I know you did the voice for Ed. Uh maybe you can explain yeah. how that character came about, and then I wanna I wanna talk about Scar. Sure, sure. Uh I was also the they, I had one fantastic line as the head of the underground. I was the gopher who popped his head up. That's very good. <laughs> Zazu, yes, sir. News from the underground. And uh, and of course, I was Ed. All he did was laugh and they, they couldn't figure out. They were still kind of figuring out how to to use him. And I said, well, he's a laughing hyena. I mean, he's obviously got a laugh. And so what we did, uh, I think it was Rob, Rob Minkoff. He, he said, oh, wait, I got it. I got it. He says, okay, get out, pad and pencil. And he wrote down happiness, hunger, uh, lust, fear, trepidation, you know, all, all the way down the line, all these emotions. And I just sat there for like, oh, I don't know, maybe 40 minutes and laughed in whichever emotion like fear of your fear of god you know right. laugh at laugh that one up you know right. and uh and it just had to be a laugh so that's a great exercise to... by the way for students listening any voiceover students, yeah that's a great exercise can you give us a taste of that character ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> there it is you also told me years ago that jeremy irons who, who we know does the voice for scar but uh, i think you had said that you actually did some of the singing in the song be prepared is that is that accurate that is very accurate and uh, we always hope that jeremy's not listening he sang it all the way through and then uh sir uh sir tim rice he he said my dear boy now we know that you've sung hakuna matata and I did. I, Jess Harnell and I sang the demo for Kunda Matata. And I wrote the fart verse. As far as singing, um, you know, he was telling me that, you know, Jeremy, he, Jeremy was a smoker. So uh, and I said, OK, well, I'm not. And, and they said, well, since you're here and you did such a good job, blah, blah, blah. Would you like to take a swing at be prepared? And I said, sure. And he's still all the talking. I know that your powers of retention. You know, that's all him, the, the more or less this, this speak sing, but I say, be prepared, <laughs> you know, and that's uh, the whole last verse is me. And, uh, and I can hear it like nobody's business. Cause it's you. Yeah. Right. It's me. <laughs> Look, you know, there's a lot of characters you've done. I want to just tell you one specifically that I also thought had just a lot of heart, uh, a lot mm. of emotion was Ray the Firefly and Princess and the Frog. Oh, and that was such a great project. That was the return of 2D animation. Um, Ron and John, yeah. of course, who did Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Hercules. They're amazing. And I remember I was at the studio then. I remember when they were uh, their contracts weren't renewed. 2D animation was dead. Pixar and Disney were in turmoil. And then when John Lasseter came to Disney, when 
and, and Disney bought Pixar, one of the first things that John said, I want to have Disney return to 2D animation. And he rehired Ron and John, these animation legends. And oh, the yeah. first 2D movie coming back uh, in the 2D slate was Princess and the Frog, which is an incredible movie. And there's a really mm-hmm. heartfelt, beautiful character that you did the voice for, uh, Ray. Thanks. And maybe you can tell us uh, about that character and, and give us a little too. Oh, yeah, it was great. I, I just, I love Ray. He's one of my all-time favorites. I kind of lucked out. I had an interesting life. I designed Mardi Gras floats for a while and uh, I um, and I was a deckhand on a riverboat. And so I got a job on a, a boat called the Old Dutch. And uh, the, the I remember uh, the uh, Captain Léonce Leblanc, he talked like this and he said, Bo, I'm going to tell you one thing. You better go back to college because you ain't going to make it on these boats. No. <laughs> and I said, but I, oh, I'm not in college. He goes, well, you better go. You bet. Because, you know, I said, OK, well, thanks. So I learned how to make red beans and rice. I learned how to be the deckhand under him. And I stole his voice. And a uh, quick aside, if you ever see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Leatherhead, I can't believe because it was only like two, five years later, we started up the TMNT and uh I just stole his boy. I just did him as Leatherhead. And, and he would he was just like that. And that's my philosophy. If you do a, a perfect dead on impression of somebody, nobody knows it's a new character. So it, it bears out, you know, but we couldn't use him for Ray. Right. So uh, I just kind of lightened him up. And, you know, I took him down there to that bayou like that. And you got to have a little more skinnier voice for a little guy like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh <laughs> And I just threw in all my all the, the Cajun stuff that I that I picked up on the boats, and they they loved it. They they kept it all in, you know. And you got a song, you got to sing. And I got I got two songs, yeah. Right. What uh, were they? What were they? Take you there. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, and Evangeline, my belle Evangeline. Oh, that sequence is yeah. so beautiful. Oh, it really is, it's, isn't it? Yeah, very emotional. Can you give us a taste of? Look how she lights up the sky. My bell, Evangeline, so far above me, yet I know her heart belongs to only me. Wow, that was beautiful. Looking back at your career and all the, the things that you've done, what would you say is is those reflective moments where you really take pride in what you've accomplished. You know, obviously people listening are are blown away by the the breadth of work that you've had, the success in major films for you, Disney and Nickelodeon, DreamWorks, Warner Brothers, all these studios. But for you personally, when you look back at your life right now, what are what are those moments where you find not just uh, happiness, but you find meaning in, in what you've done? Well, you know, uh, that's... That's a great question. So I, one of the things I liked the most year is about, gosh, 15 years ago, parents called, got in touch with my agent at the time, Jeff Danison, and uh, said, is, you know, is, do you have a client named Jim Cummings? Yes, I do. Did, did he do a Wheaties commercial? Yeah. And he, he does a lot of cartoons, right? He goes, yeah. Wow. My kid, you know, he's, uh, he's really something. He, uh, he's autistic, but we're sitting there and, uh, and he'd lean over and he'd whisper Jim's name when that commercial came on or when he was watching because he was watching all the Disney afternoon shows and he would lean over and he'd whisper his name. Oh, he's identifying your voice in anything that he would hear. Every single venue. And it was I was flabbergasted. And uh, amazing. And so he said, OK, well, uh, 
uh, is it okay if he, I put him on the line? Because that's what, you know, his therapist said, this might be therapeutic. I said, sure, sure. He's like, I say, it was autistic. And I get on there and I go, Hey buddy, it's me, Jim. Come He goes, good. Now I think that you should do the voice of bonkers. Steve Bobcat, who was of course the very first tune detective who was in, in Toontown and, and, and please go. And I go, Oh, well, geez, buddy. It's me. Bonkers. Good. Now I think you should do the voice of lucky Pakel, who is of course his human counterpart and is very frustrated from time to time with. And so I said, uh, wow, well, Jay bonkers. How you doing there? Good. Now I think that you should do the voice of Tigger and that, and then he's going down the line and he's getting to like the, the gypsy organ grinder on the one show I did in, in the mass. Wow. He knows them all. And I and we were there for 45 minutes. And so I said, Hey, Hey, this is great, pal. Can I talk to your dad again? You know, and, and he puts him on, he goes, Holy crumb. Jeez. Oh man. I, I was not expecting. I Oh, here, here. Let, let me put his mother on. So he puts his, put his mom gets on the phone and she starts crying. She goes, Oh my God, I'm so, this is insane. I just, I, we had no idea. We had no idea. And, and I said, Oh, wow. Don't worry about it. I mean, oh, she was Saturday. apologetic. Like, yeah. Yeah. We don't have anything to go to. I, I, this is fine. I mean, God love him. He's, he's a little chatterbox. He goes, no, 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 no. I, I mean, it's not that it's just, I don't think you understand. Joey doesn't speak. I said, this chatterbox? I couldn't shut him up. Are you? We're talking about the same kid here? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, you know, and I just started crying, you know, and uh, God bless him. I feel like that's one. You never know what we're going to, you know, how we affect people, you know. And as much as you may have found out from people. I'm sure there's millions of people out there that you've affected through your characters and your roles and your talent that you'll never know how you've affected. And I def- I want to say on behalf of me, who's gotten the chance to work with you, Jim, you know, you've always been uh, an incredible guy. A couple of years back at, at an audition, my daughter, Naomi, who's now eight, you had done a video for her as a gift to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Hello there, Naomi. I'm a friend of your daddy's and I've known him for a long time. Back when you were a kid, even. And he thought it would be fun for me to just say hello to you. My real name is Jim, but I know someone that you know much better than me. And, um, well, he's a little bitty bear, and he loves honey. Oh, and one more thing. Don't forget to remember to keep on bouncing. (laughs) Otherwise, that would be ridiculous. TTFN, ta-ta for now. which we played hundreds of times. I'm sure you've done that for a lot of kids out there. But look, you know, this this podcast is about, it's not about making a living. We talk about, you know, making a life. And uh, I hope that you know, on behalf of me and all the people who you've impacted through your abilities, your talents, your effort, your work, and your heart. You have a lot of heart in everything you do and sincerity that you really didn't just make a living. You really did make a life. And I, I want to thank you so much for being on this on this podcast. Um, before we go, let's do this. I'm going to run through the names of some characters. You're going to pop okay. out the voices. You ready? I, sure. I feel like I'm the kid on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. you are. Okay. All right. So here we go. So first, we got to start with one of my favorite characters that you do. You don't even know this is one of my favorite. But every time I watch Mickey's Three Musketeers uh, movie, I love your Pete. So give us a little Pete. Well, there you go, buddy. Come on over here, mouse. Pull my finger. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. He's a pumpkin. I love it. And a little dark winged duck. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the bug that splatters across the windshield of crime. I am dark winged duck. There you go. And remember from Hercules, Nessus, the centaur. 
One of my favorites. Oh, Nessus. He's one of my big guys. Well, I always thought he sounded a little bit like Jack Nicholson. Maybe you never know. Here, hand me that tree. You know. <laughs> uh, great. Okay, and let's end. Um, give me a little, uh, a little, a little commercial for the podcast. Life of Awesome. You know, we're sharing ideas here to inspire people to live their best life. Maybe give it to me as either Winnie the Pooh or Tigger, however you want to do it. Give me a little end tag for our audience. By the way, I know I can't afford you for this, so I appreciate That's you okay. doing this. Okay. That's right. Hello out there, everyone. It's me, Winnie the Pooh, and Tigger has something he would like to say to you. Don't forget to bounce on over there and say hello to my buddy Saul. After all, he's living a life of awesome. And I think you ought to join him. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jim. That was awesome. It was such a thrill to have you to introduce to see you, you to this audience that we're building. And I hope, uh, God willing, soon we'll be able to work together uh, in person. And uh, I'll be there. we will all be uh, not necessarily looking for you, but listening for you uh, in all your future endeavors thanks so much for giving your time and uh it's been great man thank you so so well, much stay healthy god bless thanks brother take care son. <laughs> wow that was unbelievable to have him as a guest i know i'm inspired hoping each of you hear his story and walk away with a couple of points you know number one that when you have an interest or an ability a talent or just a love of doing something that with hard work you can live that dream that's obvious from listening to his story. It's also very meaningful to hear from someone who really enjoys the work they do and realizes the impact that they're making in the world. The characters he's lent his voice to have really touched a lot of our lives, and he's really made, for the rest of us, a life of awesome. Thank you so much for being here today listening. I really appreciate you spending your time with me. Please, again, subscribe, like us, rate us, review us, share us with your family and friends. And I truly hope that each and every one of you has an incredible life and not just a life that's good and not just a life that's great, but that each and every one of you has a life of awesome.